they always ask me, how can I save money on taxes? And it's like, wait, let me help you reframe. How can you build wealth? Because learning how to take every deduction is not the same as building wealth. Because if not, your profits are going to go down. If you take all the deductions out there or try to find a way to make an expense a deductible for your business, you're not going to be able to pay yourself. You are listening to the Say Hola Well podcast, a show dedicated to help stigmatize the idea of wanting more money. More money, more options for you and your family to become financially free. I am your host, Lucy King, Latina wealth coach on a mission to help you create generational wealth through entrepreneurship and stock market investing. In 2019, I left my dream job that looked amazing on paper because I was severely underpaid and overworked. Through that process of reinventing myself, I put myself back in school and I learned about investing and well-building by accident. I was also denied access to financial advice because I didn't have $100,000 to start investing. I was looking for a Latina wealth coach who was talking about money through a holistic lens, someone who I could relate to and I couldn't find her. So on this show, I'm going to teach you the strategies, the mindset, and everything I'm doing to be on track to make work optional by 45. If you are looking for a show that is talking about money and cultura, you have come to the right show. Hello, Gloria. Welcome to the Say Hola Well podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me here. I'm very excited to dive into today's topic to help entrepreneurs really see the value of understanding their finances. But before I get there, I want to dive in. Also, I want our audience to get to know you. So tell us how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Okay, so I am a daughter of immigrants, first generation, Mexican-American, and I'm the oldest of three. And so for me, I think there was a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. Both my parents worked, so they were out of the house all day long, early in the morning, came back late at night. And so a lot of the responsibilities were I had to take care of the household. So that's how kind of I grew up. The money part, I don't recall it being a struggle. We always had what we needed. My mom and would have me cook for her. So I made the dinner. So I didn't think anything of money because we had everything we needed. I think the only piece I recall with money was that all my outfits were hand-me-downs. That to me was the big piece. And as soon as I was 15 and I could get a job, I made sure that's what I use my money for, to get brand new outfits. And so I think for me, money was more of that piece. The things that were hand-me-downs. And I made sure that when I had my own children, even though we have three boys in there, one right after the other, I didn't pass down their clothes. Like I didn't have the older one giving it to the younger one. I always made sure that each one had their own outfits. And I made sure that we bought that. I think that's the piece of money that I recall from my childhood. And I make sure that I carry over into my adulthood. Thank you for sharing that, Gloria. I believe that you are the first guest that talks about the eldest daughter of immigrant experience. And I just want to touch on how the fact that culturally that 
the eldest daughter is always the one that takes care of the younger brothers. That is the one that has to do all these extras for the parents, right? And building wealth as the eldest daughter of immigrant parents comes with a lot of pressure because you don't want to disappoint your parents. Yes, you want to help them. But also, I just want to acknowledge the fact that you were brave to share that piece of your story because there's so many daughters of immigrants that are listening to the podcast. And we believe that it's like almost a disservice if we start putting ourselves first. So I just want to acknowledge the fact that you said when my sons were born, I decided to do things different and that is okay. So Gloria, I know you, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) We've been friends since 2019, I want to say 2019, 2020. And I want you to share with the audience because you have your online business, you're doing all these amazing moves. I want you to share what are some of the limiting beliefs that you had to let go of to help you be where you are today? I think for me, the biggest one was that you don't have to get ready. You're already ready. I think for me, for a long time, I struggled with, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to come on to your podcast and say, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm not ready. And I don't think you're ever ready to do anything. And I think if I tap into that, I had to do things as a child that I wouldn't normally have to do. If you think about it that way, you could do anything because there's a lot of things. I was a mother at 19. I got married at 19. I wasn't ready for that, but there was going to be a child whether I was ready or not. And so for me, I had to unlearn. You don't have to get ready. You are ready. Just go out there and do it. Thank you for sharing that. And I just want you to acknowledge how the first daughter experience really pushes you to always be ready, right? Because growing up, you have to be ready for your brothers, for your sisters. You have to be ready to feed your family. You have to be ready for everything. And that is also a mindset shift that we have to do. It is okay for us to not be prepared. It is okay for us not to have all of the answers. And it is okay for us to put ourselves out there just like Gloria is doing. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Gloria, I wanted to bring you to the podcast because I help a lot of entrepreneurs that are working on building a business. I help them with the business side of it in terms of like how to find clients, how to grow their online business. But one of the things that comes up a lot is, Lucy, how do I pay myself for my business? And I know how to help them on that area as well, but I wanted to bring you so you can share your expertise. So I just want to start like, how do you know how much you pay yourself from your business when you're just getting started? Yeah, and I think that's a big, that's a big question I get asked all the time, right? I want to take you back to the talking about limited beliefs, talking about all these beliefs we have. One of the things is that we don't start a business and I'm sure a lot of the people have their why, but a lot of us don't start our business to save money on taxes, right? A lot of us start because we want a better life. We want to build wealth. We want to go out there. So then as a bookkeeper, accounting person, they always ask me, how can I save money on taxes? And it's like, wait, let me help you reframe that. How can you build wealth? Because learning how to take every deduction is not the same as building wealth. Because if not, your profits are going to go down. If you take all the deductions out there or try to find a way to make an expense a deductible for your business, you're not going to be able to pay yourself. So that's first. You need to decide, do you want to build wealth or do you want to lower the tax bill? Once you make that decision, how are you going to pay yourself? If you're a sole proprietor or a single member LC, you just simply transfer money over. Zell yourself from your business to your to your bank account. Now, I know that at the beginning, you're probably, but I don't make enough money. Okay, let's start with $5. 
So I like to tell everybody, everybody was always excited for Friday. As an entrepreneur, you could keep that alive. Friday is payday. It doesn't matter if you only have $5 to pay yourself. Just get in the habit on Friday morning, transfer $5, sell yourself $5, even if that's all you have. Let's just say even a dollar, just start somewhere. It's that habit that you're building. Every Friday, a direct deposit hits and it says from your business and it's in your personal checking account. So that's first, even if you're not making money, just get in the habit of doing that. Gloria, you just dropped so many good nuggets right now that I was like, wow, this is so powerful because you are right on what you said in terms of we are so used to, and I love to use the word colonize a lot because we have been colonized to even have the employee identity as entrepreneurs. Like you just saying that people are coming to you, asking you the wrong questions. Like, how can I save more on taxes is no, you still have the employee mindset as an entrepreneur. And I love how you touch on, did you want to build wealth or did you want to save taxes? Because that is huge, right? You don't launch an online business to save money on taxes. You launch an online business to leverage wealth building, to create a business that can have multiple income streams. And so I just want to say thank you for starting there because that was huge. Like we need to understand the true purpose of our business. And it comes back to the why. Why are we launching an online business? Yes, it's, the end goal is to make profit. But when we tie that with a movement, when we tie that with the intentionality of serving, it becomes easier. So the next thing you said is pay yourself $5 every Friday. That is also a huge mindset, right? Because we tend to think of money as these big chunks. Like I have to pay myself a thousand or 500 and that is not serving you. So mujeres, you're here to hear from Gloria. Financial habits is always more important than big amounts. So now Gloria, I'm going to go back to the taxes because you just mentioned that, but (laughs) what are some tax efficient ways to pay yourself first from your business. Okay. So I know that out out here on the space, they tell you, oh, once you hit a certain amount, switch to an escort. So that's another way you could pay yourself. You're a sole proprietor and LC, you transfer money. If you're an escort, then you make, you gave yourself a paycheck. But there's things that if you are to the point where you're making a profit to make that decision, I would say instead of jumping to an escort, Let's open, if you're a single member LC, open your 401k first. Let's hold on to some of your money rather than trying to find a way to spend it on a tax deduction because you, as a single member LC, your 401k becomes an expense to the business. So therefore you're keeping some of the money and building the wealth. I think a lot of business owners don't realize that you could start doing that. You didn't lose that piece of the wealth vehicle of the 401ks by opening up your business. You, there's actually options. And I think a lot of business owners don't know. Instead of spending it, how can we keep some of it and lower your tax bill at the same time? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to share with everyone. I think I shared it before, but I launched Sayola Whale, of course, because I was, you know, I access, I'm very passionate about financial literacy, but also transitioning from a nine to five into entrepreneurship. I didn't have access to continue to contribute to a retirement plan. And so one of the things that I do through my business, and the first thing I did, just like Gloria said, you have to open those accounts right away. I did that. I opened the account even before I had any money. And then what I did is I'm big on cash flow projections. So I started thinking, okay, if I sign two clients a month, what is the money that I'm going to have so I can 
funnel it into my solo 401k, which is what I have. And mujeres, it just feels so good when you're able to create your own money. It feels so good when you are able to fund your own retirement accounts, like the autonomy of just creating money gives you the confidence that you're not going to find in your nine to five, not even your marido is going to give you that confidence. So I appreciate you sharing that, Gloria. Mujer, if you are ready to create audacious money moves before the year ends, I would love for you to join the waitlist for the next round of the Say Hola Wealth Academy. In this coaching container, I am going to teach you how to decolonize your money mindset and learn all things wealth building, investing, and income increase. You are going to be fully supported by me and also be in a community where mujeres want to see you thrive. Si estás lista join the waitlist today using the link in the show notes let's build wealth juntas now let's get back to the show now you work with a lot of female entrepreneurs that are maybe small to medium-sized business what are some of the mistakes that you see that they're making over and over some of the mistakes they are making is trying to put expenses that don't actually belong to business through the business. That's a big one, right? Running their personal expenses through the business. That's a big red flag, especially if they're an LLC, they're piercing the legality of the LLC, right? So that's a big one. Instead of trying to get your personal care expense through your business, how about you pay yourself to be able to afford that? Go out and get another client to be able to afford that and be able to transfer more money to yourself. So that's a big one. They put in personal things through their business. The other one is not going out and collecting the money. I think that's a mindset, right? That, oh no, I can't. So, so-and-so owes me money. I can't go out and ask them for it. But that's why you have an accounting department to ask for it. And that's actually one of the, the things I tell my clients. Like, yes, maybe you don't have to pay for that service through me, but you could have an accounting department collect on your behalf, right? Just like you have an admin, you could have heard collect. So I think the other one is they're not collecting what they are owed. This is so good. And I think it comes as females, right? We always want to be liked. We always want to be mindful. And so some of those cultural and societal norms really keep us from going after the money that is already ours. Gloria, I also want to ask you, when you start working with female entrepreneurs, what are some of the things that people need to have in place before they come and approach you? Because for example, I have, an, I have a bookkeeper. I also have an accountant. They're two different people. But I had this mindset of, oh, I know how to do my books. I'll just do it alone. Like when you work with your clients specifically, what are some of the things that you want them to have ready before they come and start working with you? I think these are, this is the part of the, you're not told what you should have ready. So you just think I have a bank account, I have a savings account and a credit card and all the other things. There is no, you're going to come to me how you're going to come to me. There's no judgment. However you come to me. Ideally, the best client obviously would be the one that has their business checking account. They're not commingling funds. That would be ideal. So if you're doing your own books right now, if you're starting now, do yourself a favor and have a separate account that has your business coming, the ins and the outs, what's coming in and out. 
that just saves you as a business owner, not only that, like the cleanups and the trying to figure everything out, just one account for everything to flow into it. Now, as you grow, then we'll get into the, all the other different accounts that you could do. You got profit purse that has a, but keep it simple. One checking account that you do everything through money comes in, money goes out. I think that when you're there, you can handle it on your own. And then it makes it easier for someone like me to be able to take it over. I love that. And you just mentioned profit first, which is in a strategy or an accounting process to help small business owners put monies into different buckets. I want to ask you about that. Why is that profit first a good method for people that are just getting started on their business? I personally wouldn't make it as complicated. I don't think you need a bunch of accounts. I don't think you need one account that your income goes into. And then from there you distribute it. I think it goes back to what, obviously, if you, your personal money, how do you handle your personal money? If you're used to having your account where your income comes in and then you distribute it, then that makes sense for you. I think we tend to overcomplicate things, but having a simple account that the money comes in and out, and perhaps if you have a payroll account, a tax account, maybe two accounts, that would make sense. This would be the envelope system, right? Where you're like, okay, this is for this. It's about personally how you see money and what will make you more efficient. So I think it comes to personal preference. A lot of people just don't want to see that. A lot of people function well with the bucket. So it's initially how you're going to handle your business finances is probably how you've handled your personal finances. So think about that. And then yes, jump into the all the strategies where you put everything separately. I think as business owners, one of the accounts that makes sense for them is the tax account, right? Essentially, you're so used to in your paycheck sending your employer sends your tax payment to the government but you don't see it essentially the tax account you're putting it aside and you could see it somewhere right at the end of the year if there is no refund because it's sitting there you only had to send a certain amount so in, in this essence it's your tax slash refund account but like I said I sometimes it's a personal preference and it does get into a lot of just could get you confusion yeah, I love that. Thank you for explaining that, Gloria. Now, if someone was interested in working with you, how does the process look like and what can they expect when they come to the first consultation call with you? Okay, so the way it works is we get on a call. It's a free consultation. I do 30 minutes free and we just get in and it's tell me where you are. Yes, I ask. There's a questionnaire that you fill out. So then it kind of gives me a feel where you are, what you need. But a lot of times the business owners that come to me, they don't know what they need. So I just want to hear you out. Tell me, where do you think you are? What do you think you need? And then I come in with ways that would help you. I think for me, I do a lot of coaching. It's a lot of empowering them to, hey, you know what? You are actually in a good place. You're not as, as out there as you think you are. So I know that we do a consultation. Once you, we decide if it is a good fit, I like to empower them to learn how to do it. So one of the services I have is I have a membership where you come in and learn how to do things on your own having me in your back pocket, right? Where you could come in and ask questions because a lot of the times you don't have to have someone do it for you. And, but it's much better than going out and just Googling all the things, right? Find, try and find on the internet, how do I do this and that? Instead, you come together, I tell you what are the things that you need to work on and then you go from there. And then if you do decide to do a done for you service, then you come in, 
and you send me your list of things that I would require from you at the beginning of the month. I do the books and then we have a meeting. So then we could discuss what are the, what do the numbers mean? Because I think a lot, although as a business owner, yes, you need to have these things done. There's information that you need to learn too. You can't just have a bookkeeper send you financials and you're just like, okay, I don't even know what they mean. You really need to understand what they mean. How can you make them better? Maybe there's things on them that you don't need. So that's the process. Thank you, Gloria. And I wanted you to share this with us because as business owners, especially at the beginning of our journey, we tend to wear so many hats, right? We are the CEO, we're the CFO, we're the chief marketing executive, like we're everything, right? But as you scale your business, it's so important for you to invest in what I call your financial team. It took me, I want to say, oh, two years, two and a half years to hire someone to help me with my book. And I was very hesitant to have someone because I had this idea of like, why know how it works, right? But working with a professional like yourself gives me an extra set of eyes to Mm -hmm. see what things are working to see what's not working and to see where are the areas that I need to focus on so I can create more money rather like yeah. for me, I want to create money. I want to spend hours thinking about creative ways to make more money rather than managing my own books. And that's yeah. when you know people like you come into place because that is your zone of genius. And I just get so much value from working with a bookkeeper and also with a CPA. Now, I'm going to get more into the chisme of your personal life. (laughs) (laughs) What is any investment that you've made in yourself that you're very grateful for? Hiring a coach. I think for me, that was big. I remember the first time that I was going to invest in the program in a, it was a group coaching program. I personally knew that it could help me, but then I had to obviously talk to my husband and although I handle the finances, it's something that I felt like I need to bring you in so you understand what I'm doing. And I also needed someone to tell me it's okay. If that was for me, that was big. And the way he explained it to me, which is funny that he was the one like, hey, this is, you're going to go out, you're going to get coached, you're going to get what you need to be able to succeed in areas. You are an employee. You come, yeah, I have a nine to five. You come from this, you don't know what you don't know. These people have done it before. And so that to me is the biggest, hiring a coach. Thank you for sharing that, Gloria. And I mean, I have been investing in coaching since 2019. I just resigned with my coach again. So I'm part of a mastermind for six months. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing it. And that is going back to how to pay yourself first or why it's so important that you pay yourself first as a business owner. It's because you need to have the mindset of I am always going to be my own and best investment. And so paying yourself first allows you to put money away for those business investments that are going to triple or create more money for you. So I appreciate you saying that coaching changed your life because it also changed mine. Like it was just so powerful. Now, what is your definition of wealth? My definition of wealth is being able to do things that I want when I want them, how I want them, but no one telling me what to do and me not being worried about either the time or the money. That's my definition of wealth. I love that. The autonomy that money gives you is just so powerful and it feels amazing. So where can people find you, Gloria? They could find me on Instagram, Boss of Bookkeeping. I also have a website, bossofbookkeeping.com. And yeah, I usually hang out more on Instagram. 
So yeah, go and follow, send me a message. Let me know you heard the, the podcast and let's jump on a call. I love to meet people. I think for me, that's the piece that I enjoy just connecting with women and getting to know them and seeing how I can support them. I love going out there and meeting women. Thanks again for coming. It has been a pleasure and let's keep building. Yes. Thank you so much, Lucy. If you are looking for additional resources to help you start your well-building journey or online business, make sure you check out our blog at sayholawell.blog. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong, and stay inspired. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting tax or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.